Hello and welcome to episode 111 of the Pen Addict podcast on 5x5. My name is Mike Hurley and I'm joined, as I always am, by the Pen Addict himself, Mr. Brad Dowdy. What's up, Mike? Hey, buddy. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good and I'm excited about today's show. Why is that? I, I've, I've heaped the pressure on this guy to, to get him on the show. And uh, we have on today Josh Ginter from The Newsprint, a blog that I am a huge, huge fan of. And I was anxious to get Josh on to talk about all kinds of pen and stationary stuff. What's up, Josh? Hey, Brad. How's it going? Good, man. Good, <laughs> we're, good. we're excited to have you today. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited to be here. You, uh, your words are far, far, far too kind, but... Uh... <laughs> There, there haven't been too many blogs I've been more impressed with than yours this year. So, oh, um, thanks a bunch. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, which we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about your blogging uh, exploits and uh, some of the things you you are into. And uh, this might be a, an especially field notes heavy episode, which is right up our alley because uh, I'm you're, looking forward to it. Yeah, so that'll be cool. So. Um, we got a few bits of follow-up I want to get to real quick, and then we'll get into uh, all things the newsprint. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right, Mike. So our friends at Scribble Pen, we had uh, our first conversation about them last week, and, you know, does this pen really exist? Does it Does it work? And, you know, a lot of our listeners had the same concerns we have, you know. tell me, tell, Basically, tell me more about what you're – talking about for this pen what you're pushing um so i sent him an email and one of it it, it kind of uh, came up around one of our followers uh mr yippy kaye on twitter which is just a brilliant name it's kaye as in c-a-h-i-e-r like the notebook is that how you say that yeah i always thought it was kahir yeah it could be just like moleskin moleskine yeah so i like but uh I had thought the whole uh, diehard uh, Yippie Kaye um, part was pretty funny. So he sent he sent us a link saying, "Hey, here's that the photo we we're talking about of the girl writing, and you said it's heavily photoshopped um, because you were being snooty about your Retina MacBook." He sent us the Shutterstock image, so he um, he just Google image searched it, which we should have done. And it came back. It's just a stock Shutterstock image that they put the scribble pen in this girl's hand and drew a bunch of like children's crayon markers on the paper. So that got me thinking, and I wanted to shoot them an email because they had a con- general contact email. So this is what I sent them. I said, my name is Brad Dowdy, and I write the blog, The Pen Addict, and record the podcast of the same name. My listeners, my readers, listeners, and myself have a huge amount of questions surrounding the scribble pen that are not answered anywhere in your massive PR push. I'd love to have you you respond to these questions via phone or email, and you have an open invitation to address these questions on the podcast. Please let me know. So I just had four little quick questions. I said, number one, can you provide a link to the pen in action? I'd like to see the actual ink output of the scribble ink plus a video of the product in action. Photoshopping a stock photo isn't very reassuring. And I sent him a link to the photo that Yippie Kaye sent us. Secondly, I asked, what's the standard line width in millimeters of the scribble ink? It looks gigantic and in no way will it be able to produce the output like the bird drawing on your homepage in its current state. Are there tip nib size options that make this fine of line? Number three, what is the formulation of the ink? I see you mentioned it as water-based. Is it pigmented, permanent, light, fast, archival? What attributes does the ink have? And number four, which was the question I'm most interested in, what other projects have Mark Barker and Robert Hoffman designed and shipped? Those are the names attached to this project, which we didn't talk about last time, but it's in their standard PR document, and those are the names that come up. And just searching online, they those guys pretty much don't exist. You know, Mark Barker doesn't come back anything, and Robert Hoffman, some actor, um, you know, his name is cross-pollinated with an actor in Hollywood who I don't know. So I sent that on Sunday. I actually did get a response Monday morning. So it says, hello, Brad. We have upcoming video content showing the Scribble Ink Pen and Stylus live in action. We do provide nib sets for the Scribble Ink Pen and Stylus, which makes it possible to achieve light or heavy stroke weights. Furthermore, we're currently experimenting with both dye and pigment inks. While pigment ink is more light, fast than dye ink, they're generally more expensive to produce. Our goal is to keep ink costs low and affordable for the average consumer. Kind regards, Kevin 
for the Scribble team. So what do you think about that response? It's not really a lot there. <laughs> it's a little bit lacking, isn't it? Especially, there are absolutely no real answers to anything that you've asked. Like, so this is... Yeah, go ahead. The important parts, like why have you photoshopped a stock image? Mm-hmm. And who are these people? Mm-hmm. You know, nothing to those. Yeah, nothing. So this seems to happen to us a lot when we start digging in. And yeah, people like, don't like to be responsive. We're like no. investigative journalists. No, and we shouldn't have to be. No. This is basic. This is like 101 type of stuff. I, I mean, I'm not being a jerk. I'm just, just tell me a little bit of something. You know, Help me feel good about spending $150 on this product. Right? Yeah. So I, I just shot off a quick response because I was, I was, I was nonplussed. <laughs> with uh, Kevin for the Scribble Team's response. I said, thanks for the info, Kevin. What day do you expect the video to be available? Can you share a picture of the output now? What will the various tip sizes be? And what other projects have Mark Barker and Robert Hoffman designed and shipped? So that's where we're at right now. I've got no response, and I expect none from this point forward. So... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It's an interesting. What, what's your take on this pen? Like, Kev, Josh, would you use this pen? Like, if you saw this, did you go, ooh, ah, I can write, you know, every color in the world and draw it um, on my field notes and make them all fancy? Or were you like, what is going on here? You know, you know, I, I thought the website looked good. Like, but, uh, but that's, that's the extent of it. I just, like, your, your skepticism kind of wore off on me. And I right away thought, like, this is far too good to be true. And if we're living in, you know, the year 2050 already, like, cool. But I just, I don't think so. So, Yeah, I think it's, I mean, they are definitely trying to sell something that's really too good to be true. And if they can deliver on it, great. You know, we're not saying this is, I mean, the, the term vaporware has been thrown around, around a lot in my Twitter feed, Mike. Um, and I'm certainly not going there. I mean, this may be a perfectly fine product, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt until we see some more, um, especially until we see some more output. It doesn't sound to me, just in the response that I got, that they're very far along in this at all. So that's that's what I got the most out of this. So I don't know why they do this big PR push, and now it's just going to sit here. Yeah, I mean, they, did they give a launch? No, no. They just said, coming soon on Kickstarter, sign up for our newsletter. That kind of stuff. Yeah, see, that's not. But they haven't even um, figured out the ink yet, and that's kind of important for a pen that writes every color in the world, right? Seems to me that would be like the most important part. Mm-hmm. So, skepticism remains, but um, you know, benefit of the doubt does too until we see some more. But uh, I don't know Kevin? that I'm going to get any more. Like, who is uh, Kevin? Kev- it's Kevin for the Scribble Team. Come oh, on. Oh, the Scribble Team. <laughs> <laughs> no. Kind regards, Kevin for the Scribble Team. He's, yeah, who knows? That's who replied to my email. So, anyway, open uh, invitation to the Scribble Team to come on this podcast or give me a call or give me some real answers. I'd welcome it. But, yeah, I think we're done with that until we see uh, see some more reality from this product. Yep. What say you? Yep. Yeah. I don't want to drag this through the mud, but, um, well, yeah. I mean, unless they contact us now, I guess we'll kind oh, of sure. leave it and then wonder if we ever see it on, uh, on, on Kickstarter. Yep. We will definitely be paying attention. So, uh, you know, we, we talk about these things because, um, this is what the listeners want, you know, and then, and, and are interested in so you know i try to at least follow up a little bit on it with the the actual product manufacturers themselves so i'll i'll get what i can i'll do what i can so i'll stay on them but uh yeah we're good (laughs) cool shall uh now we've got a couple of sponsors this week we also have a bunch more so much more stuff to talk about my gosh yeah we have a ton more follow-up and then we still haven't even started speaking to Josh yet. So shall I, I, shall I talk about our friends at Pen Chalet? And yes, then, sir. Uh, and then we continue from there. How does that sound? Please Absolutely. do. Josh, you get a vote in this. How do you feel? Oh, I, I'm looking forward to listening to the Mike Hurley uh, read, <laughs> read one of these sponsor <laughs> things. I'm so excited. Well, Josh, <laughs> let me tell you about Pen Chalet. 
Uh, let me tell you about uh, these. I love these guys. Let me tell you why I love Pen Chalet. You all know of them by now, surely. They are absolutely fantastic. Pen Chalet, they are the guys that make sure they get you authentic, amazing rollables, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, and so much more. They are the one-stop shop for the pen addict and all of us. They have all of your favorite brands like Monteverde, Pelican, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, and Caveco, and are, of course, an authorized dealer selling all of them. They run special discounts twice a month, including closeout specials every two weeks. And they're always making sure that they're adding new styles of pens all the time. Every single month, you will go to penchalet.com. About to call it Pen Addict. I mean, that I is the you. place for the pen addicts, penchalet.com. And you're going to find new stuff there every month because they're making sure that they're going through, finding some really cool deals, some really cool stuff, and making sure they're putting it up on the site. As well as all the brands that I mentioned earlier and you know all the types of pens that they do, Pen Chalet also sell uh, carrying cases, pen holders, refills, fountain pen converters, and so much more, as well as a bunch of limited edition pens and loads of other pen accessories. You can get free shipping on any order at Pen Chalet that is over $50 within the continental United States, but they also sell internationally with very reasonable shipping rates. Pen Chalet has low prices on high-quality pens and offers a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So, go to penchalet.com that's p-e-n-c-h-a-l-e-t.com and use the code penaddict to save 10% on your order or click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict for even more savings as well as your 10% off so thank you so much to Pen Chalet for sponsoring 5x5 and the penaddict Awesome, thank you, Penchale. Now, in your in your read there, you did you did it so well, and I, I must have been uh, snoozing. In their authorized dealer list, is Lamy now in that read? It is not because they are now a Lamy authorized dealer. So it's that's a new been, thing. It's just been added in, so I will never miss yep. it out. It's a new thing for them. I think just in the past week or so. That's awesome. Um, they now they now carry Lamy products. So yeah, shoot wow. yeah, it's, you can never go wrong with Lamy. Yeah, look there they are, right there on the page. Yep. So you can go and let me take a look at what we've got here. Um, fountain pens, Vista, Ale Star, Safari. Well, they have the studio. Mm-hmm. I think they, they have, have the 2000s. They have the 2000. Wow, they have the 2000 for $160. Yeah, that's about right. It's usually like 140 to 160 I think. You get your 10% off? I think 160 off? is about right. Yeah. Wow. Come on, guys. What's happening here? Go, go to <laughs> penchalet.com. This is where it's happening. Yeah. Somebody Sorry. somebody tweeted to me the other day that they have another they had another Pelican sale. So always yeah. good always good for a deal on Pelicans at Pen Chalet. That's what we yeah found for out. sure for sure. Right, carry on, Mister Brad Dowdy. Yes, what sir. Else do we so, have? Yeah, this past uh, Sunday was Father's Day, and we got a cool email from uh, our friend Mikey Reak, who is a pen addict listener extraordinaire. Uh, one of the many, many panic listener extraordinaires. And I, I just thought this was a really good email, and it kind of um, um, gets down to the core of why we do what we do. So I just wanted to read this from uh, him real quick. He says, I wanted to say thank you again to you two. Leading, leading up to Father's Day, I was thinking of what can I get to surprise Dad? What kept coming up in my head were pens, pencils, ink, and paper. Why? Well, after starting to listen to the podcast, I started to get interested in fountain pens, paper, and the like, and my dad took notice. I remember my mom saying that dad used to collect pens when they were younger, but I didn't realize what pens he had. With my interest growing, he pulled out a few cigar boxes of the pens that he kept over the years and started cleaning them up again. A couple had some dried up ink. He had some Parker 51s, Schaefer's, and Montblancs. I've since had a few passed down to me, for which I'm very grateful. The last couple times that I went to visit, we turned we turned wooden pens, ballpoint and fountain together, and the last time he came to visit me, we went pen shopping together at a local shop. Now he works with a fountain pen in his pocket most of the time, and I don't remember him doing that before. It's fun to see him pick up an old hobby, hobby that he had years ago. We Skype every week and every now and then we talk about getting some new inks or he asks what's happening on your podcast. I've had a good relationship with my dad growing up, but we have a stronger relationship now after starting to listen to the podcast. For that, I can't thank you enough. Thanks for being office, Mikey. How cool is that? That is very cool. That is super cool. I mean, that makes you um, makes you want to get up in the morning and record a podcast about pens, doesn't it, Mike? It sure does. Mikey's a friend of all of the shows that we do. 
he he's, is. He's he is got a... great feedback for us. He and does. He's. I'm pleased that he provided his uh, the pronunciation of his surname because I always ruin it, and he always reminds me. So I'm pleased that you did it this time. Yeah, he did it. Like I think out of all the times I've talked about him, I think I've gotten it right once, like early on, and then for some reason I just uh, you know recessed and went back into butchering it every time. So now every time he emails us, he gives us the phonetic pronunciation of his last name. But yeah, uh, I still unfortunately ignore it. <laughs> no, uh, it just happens when so, you're when you're in the heat of the moment. Thank you, Mr. React. There you go. I yes. did it this time. Brad, did, did you get any pen-related uh, items for Father's Day? I did. I did. Um, I am the new owner of another Nakaya. <gasps> <laughs> what? 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 That's so, incredible. Yeah, so I've been saving this uh, for a future podcast where we need we'll have uh, a lot more specific pen talk, and uh, we will go go through some of the new pens I've gotten recently, including a Nakaya. I uh, I worked in a uh, work bonus Father's Day kind of thing going on, so yeah, I have a new Nakaya. Did uh, was this a surprise or did you order it? I ordered it for sure. <laughs> for sure, <laughs> I got the approval. She's like, what do you want? And I was like, I want this. She's like, okay. <laughs> was that her passing out first? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I do a good job of um, prep work. Right. So, you know, as long as you do your prep work right, uh, the, the shock and surprise is, uh, is handled in advance. Hmm. <laughs> so, well, anyway. uh, so, I'm yes. sorry for, for ruining the, uh, the surprise. Nah. Now I, I put it on uh, Instagram. Oh, did so you? It's it's out there. It's it's out there, but I haven't talked about it really otherwise. All right, a couple Just more look, things. A couple more things, real quick. Things. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of prices of these things, you got this link about the online pin auction that went down. I guess this weekend. Right. So we'll put in a show notes um, just so you people can go see this this catalog of this pin auction. We had a, a follower on Twitter, Chris Gottlieb, in Australia. And there was an auction going on in Paris, and it was online, and it had like, I don't know, 300 lots of really nice, expensive pens. And <laughs> he was following along this auction, and he started buying stuff. He bought a Visconti Wall Street and a, another Visconti Ada, and he said, oh, I was trying to get this Nakaya Piccolo and this this other Dana Trio pen. And uh, I was... Every time he tweeted, he was just like boggling my mind. I was like, I can't believe this is actually happening. And we're, we're having a Twitter conversation about a guy. Um, he basically said, yeah, I was in my bed at 2 a.m. on a laptop following an auction about pens in Paris and buying fountain pens online. And it's just kind of – I was like, man, this is, this is why we do this show also. <laughs> it's wow, just so much stuff here on this page. Yeah. Isn't there? Yeah, and Josh, I'll have to send you this link. It just goes on and on and on. It's very old, expensive, classic fountain pens. It's pretty amazing. Now, are you a fountain pen guy at all, Josh? I think in reading your site, you're mostly. You're, I don't think you are, right? Not, not yet. No, I, I haven't dove in uh, the way I'd like to. But uh, that's we can it's change on the to do that. list. Don't worry, yeah, that's we'll right. take care of that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do know what you are into, though, and that's this next thing. The I can't coal- wait. The Cole DDC Field Notes oh. Special Edition. Oh, yeah. All right. So what do you guys think about this? What do you think about this, Josh? Uh, I'm, you know what? I, I'm jealous that it's not, it doesn't, that's what I'm, I, they look awesome. They're, they're yeah. like, they are as Americanized as they, as they get. It's like Field Notes. Uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. And let me say, let me preface this. Josh is Canadian. Uh, oh yeah, so, way. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Hurley is British, and I'm of course the I'm I'm the American is outnumbered, and I'm sending links about these American USA <laughs> USA field notes. To yeah, you guys. but like, everybody, you know, everyone knows I, that that yeah, I'm such a big notes, fan of America. Yeah, you know. and hey, field, notes I, are, I, field notes are worldwide. I, yeah, I agree. I you know what, you guys are you're lucky to have that, and that's uh, that that it, that. Field notes, uh, coal headwear thing that it's just gorgeous, and it it, it uh, epitomizes everything that that the field notes brand seems to stand for. That Americanized thing that that's awesome. I really like that. 
yeah, I think you're right about that. And um, I've always enjoyed the – they always seem to sneak in some type of red, white, and blue um, edition somewhere along the lines. Like they've done the Levi's in the past, and um, they actually did one um, – some British, uh, a British company. Um, I'm blanking on now. I wasn't prepared for that, but um, they they did like a really dark blue cover with white, white and red lettering, and just these the red, white and blue colors on these notebooks just always look the best to me. And um, this one came out really well with the um, with the stripes on the front. I thought it looked it looked super. And um, what they they printed five thousand of them. They're still available. We'll have the link in the show notes. Um, I ordered some, and uh, I know a bunch of the, the field nuts did. Um, but yeah, they look great, and uh, I can't wait to get them in. Neither so can I. We'll, uh, we'll I, I, have, I found a way to get them. <laughs> yes, uh, I have. I had three packs coming. Oh my god! <laughs> I just loved them. I think they look so amazing. They do, and I couldn't couldn't help myself. So they really, they really, really look good. Um, when I saw them, I was I, I. They they teased them like a couple of months ago. I don't know, Draplin or something on Instagram or whatever. I knew they were working on it. And then just all of a sudden, here you go. Here's the link. And um, I'm glad someone tweeted it to me so I could uh, get my order in. So that was good. But they're still available. So no worries there. All right. I think it's time to get to Josh, Mike. So we got one more sponsor we want to take care of. Yep. I think that's a good idea. So I uh, want to thank uh, a returning sponsor again this week. That's the fine people over at Huckberry. Huckberry is an online shop and journal that unearths the coolest emerging brands and stories for guys. Huckberry features a variety of unique products like the world's first portable beer keg, knives made from 150 million year old dinosaur bones... Dinosaur bones, Brad. Mm-hmm. I'm there. And so much more. Men's Journal named Huckberry one of their favorite online shopping sites. And they've also had positive press in both Outside Magazine and Complex Magazine. Huckberry makes it easy to find exactly what you're looking for by dividing their products into shops like Made in the USA, General Store Essentials, Everyday Carry Essentials, Grooming Essentials, and so much more. These shops are continuously refreshed with new products all the time, so even if you've shopped at Huckberry before, chances are they've probably added more stuff since you've been gone. In their Everyday Carry Essentials store, they have extremely durable pens and all-weather notebooks so you can always keep them writing come rain or shine. Each of Huckberry's products have a distinctive look to them, combining adventure and style into a collection of high-quality apparel and gear. Many of their products also have free shipping options available. So take a minute to explore Huckberry's brand-new site over at Huckberry.com. And once you sign up for an account, so go, go over to Huckberry.com, sign up for an account, and you'll see a credits page on your account page. You want to enter the code PENADDICT, and it's going to give you $5 in store credit to spend at Huckberry.com, which is an incredible deal. So go sign up for an account, click the credits button in your account page, enter PENADDICT, and it's going to get you $5 to spend at Huckberry.com. Thank you so much to Huckberry for their support of the PENADDICT and 5x5. So here's a pro tip, Mike. Pro tip. Pro tip. You don't have to have a new account to get the $5 credit. If you have an existing account, go to the credits page, type in pin addict, boom, $5 credit. That's I a just super, did it. That's a super pro tip. And you just got yourself $5. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you get $5. Yeah, any, anybody, even, yes, uh, that's, that's very right, Brad. Thank you for pointing that out. You just, I say to sign up for a new account if you've never been there before. If you have, just go there, enter it, you'll get it too. Yep. Josh, what even you'll say, get Josh? it. Absolutely. I got to try it out. You should. Huckberry's great. I, my favorite. It, my favorite part about Huckberry is the, the featured items, which those are the um, those are the short run items that they uh, offer special discounts on, and they run through about a, um, I don't know, five or six of those a week, and then they refresh them, and then uh, bring in a bunch a whole new batch of items. So I'm I'm checking in at least once a week to see what all the cool stuff that they have brought in, and it's always really good stuff. So. Definitely appreciate Huckberry sponsoring the podcast, and uh, I'm a huge fan, obviously, and uh, yeah, y'all check them out. One more thing, Josh, before we get to you, you've been waiting so patiently. Oh, all good. I'm enjoying just listening to this live. Like, this is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're the only other person that gets the the live version of the podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) But I I have our pin blog of the week, and that is Notebook Stories, notebookstories.com. I love these guys. I love this. Yeah. 
yeah, Nifty has done this, and that's the the name that she she writes under. Has written this blog for about as long as I can remember, uh, pretty close to as long as I've written the the Pen Addict. And you know, we've exchanged emails over the years, and she always does a great job. And she's she really follows the notebook um, the notebook market like super close. I learn a lot from reading everything on her blog. And the other thing that she does, Mike, she runs, if you ever see the the carnival of pen, pencil, and paper on some of our blog friends blog, she's the one that put that together the very ah. first time. And so she's the organizer behind that. So uh, she's definitely uh, very important to the to the pen bloggers out there. She does a wonderful job at Notebook Stories, and I implore all of you to check that site out. It's I excellent. She does that that notebook addict uh, of the week, correct? Something along yes. those lines. I, yeah. I love those things. They're just like uh, they bring out such traditional uh, looking notebooks. I they're awesome. Yeah, and it makes you feel good about not having so much stuff in your in your closet compared exactly. to exactly exactly. <laughs> <laughs> some of those are really ridiculous, and I'm, I'm I mean I'm not one to talk. I mean mine would look just horrible too. I mean just stacks and stacks of notebooks and paper everywhere. But yeah, I think every Friday she does that the notebook out of the good of the week, and that's that's one of my favorite posts for sure. It's very cool. All right, Mr. Ginter from the newsprint. So before before I get too far, everyone can go to the newsprint.co and all of our links to our show notes are at five by five TV slash pen slash one eleven and you can get all the links to this episode. But uh, Josh, tell us tell us a little bit about the newsprint just from the aspect of why it exists. I mean, what made you say, hey, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna start writing um, about, I mean, you know, most of it, you know, following your blog and reading back through the archives, most of it was about technology and, mm-hmm. and yeah. things like that. That seems to kind of how it gets started. So give us the, uh, give us the background on the newsprint and, uh, and what you're doing there. Oh, I, I started off, I think I, I started in the middle of uh, December of last year here, 2013. And, and, uh, I, I wrote about a lot of that tech, that tech stuff, uh, Apple specifically. I really like those, those iOS apps and, uh, and, you know, at the same time, I, I graduated recently with a history degree. So I'm really, um, I get into the politics and the economics and the business of things. And, and I just thought I needed to kind of separate them all from like one to, I didn't want to have all of these major contexts being talked about in, in one blog. Nobody likes to read all of that in one spot, right? So uh, I, I split it up and I thought the newsprint would be kind of a, a cool way of talking about tech stuff. And, and, uh, it began that way, I guess. That's that's where it started. So, yeah. So, at at some point during during your writing, you had this kind of transition. It was like very digital mm-hmm. type of, that's right. of articles, and then you started to sneak in a couple of little things. Um, you know, I think the I, I put a note in the show notes, um, like the one of the first analog type post you did was a post called why I'm giving up on digital notes. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And then, and then you started down this path where all this analog stuff started creeping into your digitally focused blog. So tell me yeah, about, tell me right. about how, you, how that happened. You know, I was thinking about this exactly on the drive home from work today. And, uh, I, I think the reason for the switch, um, I, there are a thousand and one awesome note taking apps on the app store for an iPhone. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm as much an addict of those things as I am with, with paper these days. And, and I probably tried 10 to 15 different note taking apps. Um, and, and every time I tried a new app, well, of course, all of my notes end up in about 15 different spots on my phone and I could never find what I needed when. So I just thought, like I looked at it and I figured what's the most, um, basic, stationary form of note-taking I can do so I don't have to do all these transition things all the time. And I thought like pen and paper. So I started doing a pile of research and, uh, and trying to find what the best pen and, and paper was to take on the go and to write. And, and uh, you know, I, I stumbled upon the Pen Haddock website there for the first time in November to December, uh, January, somewhere in there. Uh, I stumbled upon the well-appointed desk and the Im- immense amount of information um, boy, it just kind of sparked something. So I thought I would talk about the fact that I'm giving up on digital notes and that I, and I haven't gone back, you know, and I don't, I don't 
take any notes on my phone anymore. I, I write everything down. And if I don't have a pen and paper handy, I, uh, I throw it into my phone and then I put it into my written book later on. I just, it, it seems to work great and it fits, fits me a lot better than the old way. So, Josh, let me ask you, because you said that um, you were struggling with a bunch of different apps and having your notes in different apps. But what do you do when you come to the end of a notebook? Um, I, I guess I index them basically, and I just continue on to the next one. I, yeah. I mean, so do do you ever go back to find your previous notes? Oh, that way, you know, occasionally I've gone back. I had a, um, I had to come up with a project at work where I was writing out a whole um, process of creating something, and and I ended up having to uh, to carry that along. And I'll tell you, that's probably the biggest downfall of uh, analog note taking, having to carry along three or four different books at once. Um, but at the very least, like I could find it and I could find it quickly because I had indexed things properly and uh, ahead of time, and you know, I, better than having to find a note that was in a deleted app. And you know what I mean? So. Have you uh, yeah, written about your indexing at all? Because that's really interesting. I wrote a little bit about it. I think I called it like a, a hybrid journal idea. I think I'd like to sit down and kind of talk about it or, or write about it again just because it's, it's evolved so much in the last three or four months. Um, but it, it's growing and it seems to work. I, I like the way uh, I'm able to keep track of things uh, going forward. So hmm. so is this, a, is this a handwritten index? Yeah, like more or less I, I kind of – I. I uh, put a date to every book that I start. So, you know, for the, for example, right now I'm on 2014-6. So I'm in the sixth book of the year. Uh, and then from there, what I do, in case I ever do need to go back and digitally figure out where, where I'm at and, or where there was a specific thought back in January or something like that, uh, I, I put it into uh, my day one app, which is a, a jur- an awesome, awesome journaling app uh, for Mac, iPad, iPhone, and I put a little daily summary at the end of the day, and I tell myself, okay, for today I wrote three uh, on page uh, 19, 20, 21, and if in the future I ever need to go back, I can find exactly where I'm at. Uh, further than I, I have a, a bit of an index in the back of every book where I kind of state the big ideas and the and the big things that weren't just uh, that weren't just random thoughts. They were um, steps in a process to finish something, or I, I put those kind of things in the back of the book and I give out a page number and reference it that way. So that's kind of how I keep track of uh, my written notes personally. I'm sitting here cracking up because you have a serious problem, and this is why I love this show. <laughs> I'm just I'm just nodding my head everything you're saying. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I, and dealing with that problem was a lot harder, a lot more difficult than I originally anticipated. So I figured I'd this, write it all out onto a blog. <laughs> yeah, this is this this is what we're all going. This is what we all go yeah. through. Is, you know, the yeah. people that are into these sorts of things. These are the these are the conversations we have with the uh, with the voices in our heads or the or the, exactly. the angel and the angel and devil on our shoulders. You know, what are we? <laughs> how are we going to handle our our note taking? And how are we going to index it? And how are we going to yeah. find it? And what <laughs> what notebook am I going to use? And what pen is going to be good for it? And all this. <laughs> That's got to be the this, hardest decision. Every three weeks or so for me, I got to choose the next field notes book to use. I think that's the most difficult thing ever. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk about that. Um, not field notes specifically, but just the quantity that you're writing. I, I saw where you you definitely you you pretty much write like three to four pages a day. You think in field notes? I, I saw you yeah, mention that. In the past. Three or four is a little high. I, recently, sure. it's been one or two, but you know, three on a on a good day, especially weekends, where I have a little more time to breathe and relax. Uh, mm-hmm. For sure, I'll get three or four per day, and it's just thoughts more or less. But sometimes there's there's calculations in there or other little things for work, but more or less, it's it's just thoughts and statements kind of so. And in the past, you've written about using the bullet journaling system. Do you still do that? I'm sorry. Say again. The bullet journal. That system. Yeah, do you still I, use uh, that? I started out with it, and um, I found that I just didn't use the whole breadth of the whole system. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I kind of I was looking further at other kind of uh, indexing and, and organization systems. I stumbled upon uh, Patrick Lone's website. Uh, he's got an awesome. Uh, that dash a dash plus system is also an iOS app, luckily enough. And uh, I started with that, and I more or less it's a to do list making app, if you will, uh, and system. Um, 
but there's also a way to incorporate journal ideas where you're, it's actual thoughts. And I, I really recommend anybody checking that out, that Dash Plus system. It works really good. From, and that's how what I use, actually. I, usually, they're always journal and thought ideas that I have in my book. But every now and then, I start everything with a dash. And sometimes, I've got a to-do list in the book, too. So I think that's how I do it. And I, I really like that system. Okay, cool. Now, when when you started this blog and you were using – you were starting with these systems and you were capturing your notes, uh, you know, in the traditional non-digital methods. That's right. I, I saw that you were using, you know, the Moleskin products, the Moleskin Kaye yeah. and the Moleskin Rollerballs. And yeah. you've kind of made the transition into different products, um, field notes, especially, I guess. So what, yeah. what, how did, how did that transition take place? You know, uh, I was, uh, my, my wife and I, we got married last year and we headed out to New York for our honeymoon. Really awesome trip. But it turned out that there was a moleskin uh, stationary shop uh, right close to our hotel. And I stumbled upon it just in our in our happenings. And I thought, whoa, like this was kind of the first major time I'd ever thought about paper and really good paper to begin with. So I bought a bunch of these things and it was all I had in the house. I think that's where why moleskin was the, the original product to try out. Um, and the other reason is because moleskin is the, the uh, it's the, all I have available in the area. Um, I, you know, the closest field notes or even um, like Leuch term and, and those kind of companies, uh, those kind of products, the closest retailer that I have is maybe 200 kilometers away. Um, and then after that, it's 600 kilometers or a six hour drive away. So the moleskin products were actually available and that was kind of the reason for that. Um, but I happened to stumble upon that, that store that was 600 kilometers away. I was visiting family, happened to be in the area, remembered that they sold field notes books and, uh, went down, grabbed a pack. And I was the, um, amount of delight that those products bring and the amount of character that they emit, it just knocks, I feel, knocks moleskin out of the park. And I, I haven't turned back since. I think that was the big transition that taking a chance and driving down to that shop. So <laughs> I think Mike and I went down that same path, right? I mean, you are a heavy moleskin user, Mike, and, and yeah. still, I think you still incorporate them some. And I was a heavy moleskin user too, really when I started this blog. And, um, and, and then you start to think about, you know, what else is out there and what are exactly. these other things? And, and then you're on a path of uh, yeah. no return. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's talk about these, um, these field notes. Cause I think that's the, the first time I actually ran into your blog and first time okay. I saw it, maybe in, you know, my referral notes or something like that. Yeah, cool. Um, you did a, you did a post on the, uh, drink local, um, yeah. edition and that was, that's when been one of my all time favorite um, For sure. additions. And so tell me a little bit, you know, you started using field notes, you found them at that store. And now um, do you have as big a problem as, as Mike and I have, where you have like these, vast stashes of field notes oh, <laughs> it's just it's, for it's, you to use <laughs> because my my addiction is is fairly new i think uh, my stacks probably aren't as big as yours but mm -hmm. um i'm definitely finding new ways to justify them to my wife every uh couple weeks so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's growing you know ironically like, the first pack i picked up was a, a drink local from that that shop a ways away and and those those drink locals i i didn't realize that the craft versions were a little different yet so uh, that, I, of course, my research habits, I'd research everything and, and uh, stumbled upon, uh, grabbed a, a pack of craft books. And I, as much as I like to drink locals, I think those craft books are incredible, uh, just the, the way they wear and everything. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a, a good stash going so far. I'm trying to collect as many colors books as possible, but man, they are hard to find. Yeah, it, it's kind of like um, back when, Mike, when you and I started, like, doing the collection part of this, there was yeah. still a lot of availability. This is what a year and a half year, year and a half ago, you could still get your hands on some of the older stuff, not easily, but a little bit more so than now. Now you never see like anything going with the, like the old editions. Not, and I'm not even talking about like the butcher orange and butcher blue. I'm talking about like even like fire spotter and, day game and things like that you just can't find them anymore it seems like have you have you seen that mike yeah i think i think we may have contributed to the problem <laughs> um, because i know that there were a lot of people that were kind of getting involved with us when me and you started really kind of mm -hmm. 
searching, like, you know, having the saved eBay searches. Um, and right. then, like, I used to do quite a lot of Google shopping searches to find these, like, really random online retail stores. So mm-hmm. I found one based in Australia that had a couple of, like, random editions on it. And I bet that they still exist, just not everybody, just not all of them have been found yet. But I think all right. of the easy ones have been found. Whether we had a, like, I think it may have been, honestly, I think us and the Field Nuts Facebook page kind of really um, sparked the collecting of them again, I think. Because if you think, I don't think it would take more than a few hundred, maybe a thousand people looking for these, and they're all going to go. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, there was a, there was this land rush right for about six months. Yeah, and um, just this this ravenous uh, desire, which I was part of too, yeah. to uh, get these get this collection built out, and uh, which I'm I'm super happy. I have pretty much everything. Um, oh, I'm jealous. But yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Brad has. You have them all, right? You have at least all the colors so, now. Yeah, I have all the colors. The only thing I don't have a sealed three pack of is the butcher orange, which I I could if I wanted to spend two hundred dollars on it. I just don't want to spend two hundred dollars on it. <laughs> I don't blame so you. I have I have a single I have a single butcher orange notebook, and I have a sealed three pack of the butcher blue. Then I have sealed three packs of everything else. So one of these days I'll, I'll break down and, and get the the three pack of orange and and be done with it because I, I I would like that. Um, I just I've been spending too much money on pens and just pay two hundred dollars for notebooks. Did you guys see how much those uh, an entire full shrink wrap collection is fetching on on eBay these days? I there were a couple that popped up a couple weeks ago, and wow, I've blown away a couple thousand dollars minimum to to get an entire set. So yeah. they're they're worth a lot. It's amazing. Yeah. It's really. It's genuinely crazy. I mean, it's yeah. pretty insane just to think about. Like, if you started having this conversation out loud with with people who are not into this thing, they would look at you like you were just. <laughs> I mean, where is the loony bin and the straight jacket? Because you're going. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I want to get into a couple of specific editions with you, and and Mike wants to start a fight. Okay, here we go. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Shelterwood edition. So give us <laughs> so. Mike and I's stance on the Shelterwood edition is very well not known. It's Mike divided. But uh, yes, we're we're podcast divided. Yes. Um, Mike is a big fan. I am not. So where do you stand on Shelterwood? Mike, I think this ought to be uh, every all of our guests' um, <laughs> question, the the standard question we ask. What is your stance on the Field Notes Shelterwood <laughs> edition? But we we have to we have to obviously allow the show to go on for a bit first because you know. I run the board, so I could just hang up. Uh, <laughs> oh no, we've lost, we've lost Josh. What a shame. <laughs> Josh could be talking, and he's like, I hate the Field Notes Shelterwood edition, and then we'll go back and listen. There'll be an edit, and it'll go, I love the Field Notes Shelterwood <laughs> <laughs> with Mike's voice edited in <laughs> for all our guests. <laughs> Yeah, so Mike has the hammer, but uh, but we'll 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 let him have that. So what what do you think, Josh? So tell me about tell me about the Shelterwood. And yeah, let me let me just say this before I do that. Your reviews are excellent. I, I'm like really Thank jealous you. of how good a job you do. Um, they're very thorough. The pictures are always great. Um, they're very detailed, and um, I'm always impressed with your reviews. I think that's why I read your blog so much. It's you do an excellent job. Just Thanks, from Brad. the writing and review aspect, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. So, so tell me about tell me about the Shelterwood. You know, what, I'm not going to be. Uh, I, I'm not going to bring in any decision here because I'm I'm as split as the two of you are when it comes to Shelterwood. Um, I originally when I reviewed them, I thought they were like exactly like Brad said, like they look cool and they're unique, but they're just not going to be the first the first one I pick up, and I still maintain that because now I, I look at. My next decision here, it's coming up shortly where I got to make another decision on another colors book. And I, I don't think Shelterwood's going to be my choice. It's just, um, it looks, it looks, it's so unique and it's so beautiful. And it, you know, it might end up in the museum of modern art in New York at one point. Um, but at the same time, it actually does feel pretty good to write and in, in, to write in and to use and and uh, they they wear they, they don't even wear like they're so durable. I, I find they're actually more durable than uh, than these expedition editions from 2012. They if you treat them decently, the the, the wood is incredible. It doesn't. Uh, I haven't had any splinter problems. I've read online that some people have, but 
Uh, so I'm really impressed with the durability of the book. So that way, like, I, I love it. I like the paper. I like that 70-pound paper. Um, I don't like that quarter-inch ruling. Boy, I think I've made that pretty clear <laughs> in my reviews. I, I cannot stand that quarter-inch ruling. So, like, ideally, um, get rid of the wood um, and put a craft front on it and use the same shelter wood paper with the same ruling color but put a graph in there. Like, I, I don't know, I'm opinionated when it comes to it, but... I think that they look awesome and they feel awesome, um, but they're just, I don't know, they're not, I would rather choose a, a drink local or a, um, a craft book before a shelter wood book to write in. So, Yeah. I, Mike, have you gone through any shelter woods yet? Have you been using them? Yeah, I've gone through one. I haven't mm-hmm. started a second yet because I've had so many others that I've been trying to <laughs> rotate through, but yeah. Um, how, how did it do for you? I'm just I'm generally curious because I I honestly have not used I haven't put uh, a lick of ink in any of them. So oh. the covers didn't, the cover didn't stay closed, um, mm-hmm. you know. But that really isn't an issue for me because I find it was just a different element of not staying closed because none none of my field notes stay closed. Um, so it was just how how much non-closed i was able to cope with and this was still fine did you find uh, mike that they uh that they got worse as you used them but it no. they had no okay mine actually i felt like they they bent more as i used them but anyway sorry about that. it may just be because of the way that i as i've sort of mentioned this on the show at the time that i uh kind of inadvertently weigh my books down with things okay i like when i'm at the the office i put them I put my phone on top of my notebook all day when I'm not using it. Uh, when I'm not using either of them, either the notebook or the or my phone, it like it sits on the top closed. And then I store my books in the rotofaden, which has a pocket that I keep them in, and then the whole thing is kept shut with an elastic band. So it kind of keeps the book closed for like tight for most of the day. So I may be having a more positive experience with that, but. Um, I I didn't I mean they it stays open but it's not dramatically more or so I, I didn't really notice it get worse. Mm. Um I I thought that out of all of my field notes it actually wore the best like as in it didn't get all like as you would imagine Fall, falling apart. Yeah, it didn't it there, there was no wear, there was no falling apart of any kind. You know, cuz that differs from book to book. Um mm. I actually think that's part of the fun but some people don't like that. But I like oh, the, yeah. I like the character that they take on by the time you're finished with them. Yeah, totally agree with that. It, Josh, how do you carry them? How are you carrying your field notes? Do you carry them, you know, in your pocket in a cover or in a backpack? Uh, yeah, I, I I carry a cover with me. Uh, it's the, the uh, Hellbrand Leatherworks uh, field notes cover. Oh, that's um, right. I've seen that on yeah, your site. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like that leather cover. It's thick and durable, and and that's how I carry mine. So. Um, the front covers they don't get worn especially that shelterwood one like it hardly gets worn at all there's a little line down the middle from the leather but other than that uh that's how i, I carry them so that leather really protects all my books actually um, God, I and can't that believe. paper the paper i can't you know i can't say enough good things about the the thicker paper agreed agreed y'all are making me want to use this one next <laughs> <laughs> i never thought i'd say that honestly <laughs> But but it, it it won't be next because I'm already on to the next, and it's the current, the arts and sciences edition. Uh, Mr. Hurley, have you received yours yet? Yes. <laughs> Came that's in the, the mail today. Dang, that's awesome. That's like that's the uh, the general podcast uh, sound for I have the loot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the fastest I've ever had a, a set arrive. All right, so I'll, all right, Josh, we're gonna let Mike go first here because Absolutely. I didn't know he I didn't know he had them and he, they're fresh out fresh out the post. So I want Mr. Hurley's initial thoughts on it. So I opened them and felt like a, a tiny person <laughs> <laughs> because they are like just perfectly scaled up field notes notebooks. Like mm-hmm. the front, obviously, you, know, you you really only get that on the outside, of course, but. Everything is just perfect, perfectly scaled. Like they're cut in the same way. Uh, the like the proportions of field notes and then sixty four. Well, the, obviously it's a different number, but like the notebook thing and durable materials is all the same. Um, you know, everything is just like a funny, 
like a, a bigger size, right? So um, there's only two in the pack this time. Um, and I got a couple of the packs, I think. Yeah, the badges that it came with, because I'm a color subscriber, are really cool. So the little, um, is it debossed? It's debossed, not embossed, right? The, the debossed right. insignia that's on the back of them. Yeah. You get little badges, uh, which are really cool. But the, th- the thing is, the badges are also larger than the previous badges. Mm, cool. And I wonder if they did that in the same way that I'm thinking about it, which is like everything's bigger. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that. I, you know hadn't, the, I hadn't heard anyone else mention that. The, the badges are usually like those little pin badges, like the little small mm-hmm. ones. But yeah. these are bigger ones, more sort of towards the size of birthday badges, you know? You'll have to explain us birthday badges. Do you not have badges on birthday cards? <laughs> No, I, I know, but I know oh, what you're talking about. God. I'm just giving you a hard time. There's people over there. <laughs> to get your birthday card situation sorted out. So, I know, we do. Uh, I haven't used them, naturally. I mean, I've opened them. I've cracked them open. I really love the difference between the two of them. Um, I like that one, you know, one is arts and one is sciences and the things that they print on the inside, obviously they have a lot more space to print things on the inside. Like pertinent coordinates, which usually is basically the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Fills up like half of one page, you know, right? Um, and that, but like, in, I've got the sciences one in front of me, and it's got the periodic table in it, and I like that. There's a little checkbox which says this field notes book. It's a property of it says Mister, Mrs., Ms., and Doctor, and then in, <laughs> in arts it's the T H E E. I didn't notice that. That's so. That's awesome. <laughs> so just all these little things. I mean, you know, I continue to love the character of these things. The paper differences are really cool. So the plain one side, and then um, is it lined ones lined in uh, arts and uh, this sort of scientific grid in sciences? Is that right? Yes, correct. Because yeah. um, do you know where the arts one is right now? Where it's clipped into my rotofarden. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's the perfect size for that, right? Yeah, it's a little bit smaller than the pads that come with the, the, the Rotopardon, but it fits perfectly in there, um, mm-hmm. and that's where it will stay now. So, I mean, I'd, I have I ordered more than these than I need, um, but I don't know if they're ever going to make a size like this again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have these two here, and I have another two packs coming. And these will probably last me the longest because they, I don't actually take a lot of notes in the notebook that's in my Rotofarden like that. But I do take long notes in there. Like for an exa- for example, I have my mid-year review at my corporate corporate office job in a couple of weeks, um, and that's one of the things where I take a bigger page and I write it all out. Um, sometimes I have to draw tables and charts and stuff, and I draw them out in the bigger notebook. Mm. Um, so I'll be putting all my Big notes, big boy notes will go in, uh, in, <laughs> yeah. in these larger field notes. I feel like there needs to be a name given to the larger field notes. Like they need mm. to have a name that we refer to them as. I know we've got the arts and sciences, but like, I don't know, fielder notes or something like that. <laughs> they're, they're, they're fieldier. Um, I hope that they, uh, I, I think it would be really cool to see, they've kind of opened Pandora's box now. Um, yeah. Because they did something that we never expected them to do, I think, which was to make a different size of the standard notebook. So, unfortunately, now, you know, we're going to expect A4 sizes. Uh, we're going to expect all sorts um, to come from them. And I hope that they continue to play around with the format because for the amount of field notes notebooks that I have and all color subscribers have because we're addicted to these things, it might be nice to mix it up with some other stuff other than just color like until just now i totally hadn't realized that there's nothing to these on from the paper side on the outside because you know like recently what it's been is how cool can we make the front cover right and these they're they're very very nice but they're simple they're like throwback kind of they're just new colors they're just nice colors and they have a little deboss on them um, so I hope that they continue to find new ways to play around with what the the notebook actually is now. But yeah, so that's that that's kind of my first look impressions. So they will definitely be in use by you. Oh yeah, I I, it, I mean as I say, they won't be used very frequently. But it's nothing to do with the book. It's just how I sure. use notebooks. But yeah, these these will live in the Rotofarden now. So I'm rounding out the the fieldness experience. People at work are going to be very confused. Um, because today, today I had two separate people comment on how I find, I find it so funny. I always have that little notebook. Uh, yeah. 
And I'm like, yeah, I never lose them. That's what I say. Cause it stays in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and they're walking around and, with and the go away. these like uh, banner. Are you familiar with the brand banner? It's like a no. corporate office supply company. No. And everybody's got these blue banner notebooks at work because sure. they're the ones that are in the stationary cupboard. And I'm like, yep. don't you say a word. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, Josh. So what, what do you think? What do you think about this edition? Uh, that that Pandora's box is exactly where my mind went the moment I, I pulled these things out of the pack. I uh, I was blown away first by the size. I, I just you get used you get really used to that smaller size and, and the uh, these bigger books. But as I, I wrote in my review there, I kind of I found that I don't use them the same. I have started using actually both of them. I've got both. Uh, I, I use the arts for. Um, sketching out ideas for articles or for reviews, especially I started using it for the, an entire outline of, of the uh, arts and sciences review I wrote. Um, and then I used the, the sciences book um, at the accounting office that I work at. So I, I've got a nice, I like using the blank pages for, you know, rough calculations and, and, uh, and then little notes or to-do lists or whatever I got to remember. Um, but my experience so far is that I, I don't, like, I don't carry them with me. I, I leave them at my desk at home or at my desk at work. And, and I think that entirely changes, that entirely changes, um, at least for this, this idea. It, it's a different idea for field notes. Me, at least a mobile book, a book that you throw in your back pocket or you throw into your book or your bag and you pull it at the coffee shop or, or something along those lines. These books, they're, they're different. They're, uh, they're not, I don't know what you guys find, but I, I find, uh, I, I don't use them the same. I already have different types of information in them, and I, uh, I'm intrigued with that. Uh, I really, I really hope that the Field Notes brand uh, jumps on this opportunity to kind of take on an entirely different product line. That's that's what I'm keeping my fingers crossed for. Do you know what? I, I, there was one thing that I did want from this edition, and it would be cool if they found a way to do it now, is to put a little band that goes around them to keep, you know. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like at this size, there's kind of like this. I mean, and I know it's convention, which is probably why they wouldn't and shouldn't do it. Because I'm thinking, like all of the other notebooks this size have the little, uh, the little bookmark in them and the, the elastic that goes around them. Um, but I don't know. At the same time, I think it might be kind of cool to do something like that to make a more conventional, businessy style notebook. Yeah. Uh, for for find- field notes. Mike, do you find that the books are that at the bigger size? You kind of expect the the covers to be like thicker. Or Brad, do you find that do you want them to be thicker the covers, or do you like how like this kind of size reminds me of like a moleskin, like the yeah. general moleskin book? And yep. I expect it to be like a thicker, sturdier cover, but it's not really like that. So it's its own dimension. But like, what do you guys find? I've I've actually always preferred the softer cover on this size notebook. Oh, okay. Just because of the flexibility, like if you're using a moleskin of this size and the, I, so like I, I use this, you hit it, hit it on your review, Josh. I use this more as a desk notebook, right? The size and the format, yep. you know, lends to that. And that's actually my preferred writing size. Like yeah. this, it's, it's close to an A5 and that's what I always use on my desk. You know, that general, that ballpark five by eight inch, um, size and, I don't know. Uh, you, you metric people might not understand that, but y'all can <laughs> y'all can Google it. Um, <laughs> but this, but in this format, I prefer the softer cover just um, because of the thinner the thinner book, like the the thicker moleskins that are this size that have you know three or four times as many pages. It's harder for me to write on because of that space gap um, when you're writing with your your. Like if you're resting your hand on it and there's like a huge cliff falling off the edge of the notebook Agreed. down to the desk type of thing. Have either of you ever used the soft cover moleskin? Yeah, that's my that's my favorite moleskin. Me too. Oh, man. I had one of those. It was like, I don't know what size it was, but it was bigger than the usual moleskins. Mm-hmm. Um, it was moving yep. towards ledger size and I yep. loved that notebook. That I I still have some of those. That's the soft cover moleskins have always been my favorite. So this field notes is right up my alley. Uh, so Brad, you were talking there about uh, I guess earlier I, I had said my expectation. Uh, you expect like this bigger, thicker cover. 
um, when you have a book this size. But I, I think like utility wise, this soft cover is way, way smarter and it screams to be used. My, my uh, hardcover moleskin book, it sits on my desk here at home and I haven't written it in months. Uh, but uh, that's just me. I hate the way my hand drops off and the way you've got to bend the first few pages. And that's, I, I can't stand that. So this soft cover is certainly better. It's just like your first initial expectation is for it to be thicker. Yeah, I, I knew I liked you for a reason. We our, our thoughts on these things are are so similar, and I agree. <laughs> I agree, a hundred percent. You know, I I I'm trying to think the last hardcover notebook I bought because that's just not my style anymore. I like this size field notes with the soft cover. I like um, I like A5 pads, either you know, just like a wire bound or a perforated pad. Um, I have very few hardcover notebooks that I enjoy using now that I think about it. And I think it's because – I think it's for that reason. The the size is a little bit intimidating and you know, just to have you, – you, f- you feel so super committed to one of those books. And I like to be able to plow through a field notes book at a faster pace and then change onto something else You know, if I want to change my mind and use a different edition or use a different color or, or whatever or use it for a different project. Um, you just feel more pimped into those bigger hardcover um, notebooks, and I think that's why you know these products um, have have hit such a home run for everybody. I think I think there was a command space episode, Mike, where you were talking about uh, with Mister Kudal there at one point, mm-hmm. and he had said the best part about the field notes books is that they like they are better used, and, uh, and they're like this thinner book that is. Um, smarter it, it just like you said there's like an intimate attachment to those big books and the, the small ones they are uh, I, I agree they're they want to be used and they look better used and they yeah it beats that for sure yeah jim's opinions about field notes i think is what and i, I know they will have this everybody that works there is the same we know that um but the, the opinion that they have about the way the books and it sounds like such a simple thing, but the idea that the notebooks that they make are notebooks that are intended to be used, like, I, I don't feel like you get that in other scenarios. Like, they, I feel like there's a lot of choices that they make, and also just in the way that they sell the products, you know, the marketing terms that they use, they're very much like, don't, we're not going to tell you about artists that used to use these pads, <laughs> right. you know, that, that died, and we're not going to slip a little thing in there. You know, we're basically telling you, fill them up. Fill them up with all kinds of crap. Just fill them up. Like, that's kind of a... I mean, I've, I've distilled it quite significantly and made it a bit more crass, but that's effectively what they tell you to do, right? Writing it down to remember it now, right, rather mm-hmm. than later. Exactly. They just fill it up, and, and could all, like, I asked him what he uses for, and, like, I remember him telling me, like, like silly things like recipes or like um shopping lists but also like scores for get card games just he just fills these up and and i see people do the same like when i go to wwdc and i see the people that i know are field notes nerds and they have them with them and they just fill them up with stuff you know and i just mm-hmm. think it's so great and that's my favorite thing about field notes and it's why i don't mind burning through them like you said josh that you did about three or four pages of writing every day Mm-hmm. I do the same, but it's not writing. It's just notes. Like things happen in the day where I'm like, right, um, okay, write this little note down for myself, put it in a box. Okay, oh, now somebody wants me to help them rewrite this subject line. Let me write out 20 different ways of saying this. And that, <laughs> You're I'm never busy, gonna... That's impressive. <laughs> huh? You're a busy man. That's impressive. I don't yeah. know how I can come up with that many little scribblings in a day, but. Uh... It's my, my field notes book. So, you know, I started scanning them in, Brad. Basically, mm-hmm. now, uh, if I scan in 10, 15 pages, it's a miracle yeah. because I've stopped scanning in the things that are pointless. Right? <laughs> Where it's that stuff, I'm like, I'm never going to need this again. Like, there's no point of this. So I just mm. scan in the things that I need. But uh, That's true. You know, and, and it's also why I tend to have like six concurrent field notes books because some of a project, so I keep them separately and then, you know, to, but they don't leave the house. And then I have yeah. like two on me at all times. And yeah, yeah, yeah like definitely, just I definitely have a two. problem. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I've just finished two, like, within a day of each other, you know, kind of simultaneously finishing yeah. two notebooks because they were used for different things. Um, you know, like one of these, my my podcast notes notebook, I filled up last week, and then the one I carry um, carry with me just for general stuff, I filled up last week. So now, which it was a good timing for the arts and sciences to come in, so I, had, I took this week's um, 
podcast notes uh, and planning in the uh, sciences edition. So I'm really happy with it. Um, do you so like far, that, that engineer grid so far? Do you oh, like yeah. the way that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge grid fan. You can almost never go wrong as long as the lines aren't too dark. I'm I'm all about grids. Yeah, grids are it. I've I've said this all along. Grids are the most freeing um, line format for me. They I feel the least restricted on what should be the most restricted um, format, and I, I I can't explain it. It's just always been that way. It's been that way since I was a kid. I've always used hunted down. Graph paper. Um, I hate lines, so maybe if if anyone wants to trade their engineering for uh, for arts and sciences, I mean, their sciences for arts, uh, I'm all ears. Um, I'll probably use it eventually, but I, I would much prefer to have the sciences than the arts. So if anyone uh, listening wants to do a swap out, I think I've got four, <laughs> and I'll 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 trade it. I'll trade probably three of them. Oh I'll just, well, I'll, someone went and bought a few then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got a problem. So you're happy uh, with this edition because you've been, you know, I am happy with this eh, edition. The last couple of editions, you've not been that that keen on. Yeah, I mean, no, I am happy with this edition. This format suits me well um, for the way I take notes, and it's usually at a desk. I'm usually sitting, and this format ten- lends itself to better usage for that situation. Um, it's not as portable. But that's okay for me. I don't need it to be highly portable. Um, you know, like I don't need it to be a back pocket notebook. Now, that said, in the grand scheme of all field notes ever, you know, it may not crack the top 10, but it's a really good addition. I'm very happy with the format uh, and the size of it. So, um, and obviously the, the quality is great and I've enjoyed using it so far um, without question. So it, it, it's excellent. I, I'm very happy with what they with the choices they made on this edition and they continue to surprise us all. I hope that yeah, they do so, uh, continue to continue to, too. I know, I know it's gotta be, uh, gotta be uh, a challenge for them. Then they, they have, uh, definitely delivered on, on that. So, well, I think that's, uh, I think that's all the field notes. Lovely. <laughs> <We have laughs> out in one day, <laughs> Josh, you are awesome. We really appreciate you uh, you being on the podcast, and uh, we'd love to have you on again sometime. I thought you were you were excellent, uh, and everyone should definitely check out the newsprint. So, why don't I you tell? Uh, appreciate it, Brad. I, I uh, it's been an honor to be able, being able to come on here and talk about this stuff with you guys. Like every time I try to have a conversation like this with anybody close to me, they look at me, roll their eyes, and think I'm going crazy, and. <laughs> I like being able to do this, so I appreciate you guys having me on here. You got it. And once you once you tell everyone, um, you know, if you have a your Twitter account or anywhere anyone can get in touch with you, once you uh, tell everyone that real quick. Sure, sure. You guys uh, check out the blog. It's uh, at uh, thenewsprint.co. Um, you can also follow the newsprint at, at the newsprint on Twitter, and you can follow me on, um, at Joshua Ginter, J O S H U A G I N T E R, uh, on Twitter as well. So I'll, I, I look forward to talking to some uh, new people about this stuff. It, it uh, floats my boat, and I, I can't wait to get started. Awesome. So, I, I, these these episodes are my favorite. Um, when when we get to talk about the field notes, so cool. Josh, thank you cool. for for joining us for it. I think it made the episode even Thanks, more fun. Mike. Yeah, appreciate I, I, it. I, I, pleasure. I always love the new field notes episodes. There. <laughs> <laughs> right, so thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Pen Addict Podcast. If you'd like to catch the notes for today, go to five by five TV slash Pen Addict slash one one one. We're number one hundred and eleven today. Um, I am on Twitter. I am at imike. I m y k e. Brad is at dowdyism. D o w d y i s m. And he writes over at penaddict.com. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet and to Huckberry for their support of this week's episode. Go check them out. Um, if you, I think you'll love them, and it also helps support the show too. Until next week, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>